All right, hello everyone. We are nice and cozy in here. It is 2.15. We're gonna get rocking and rolling. I um, feel free to make yourself at home and comfortable. And I know we're on the back end of Synergy and we've had lunch and we've had drinks and things like that. So also, please feel free if you need to, you know, use the restroom or, you know, whatever, go, like, go for it. It won't bother me. I know when we're in settings like this and like you're in the corner, you're like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad, but I have to walk across this room. You don't have to army crawl across the floor. You can walk out as a DC human being and, you know, uh, Go take care of whatever you have to take care of. Um, it feels nice to be in this room. The last session we were in, it was blazing hot. Who was in that room? Like, my goodness. We were just sweating, but here we are in the promised land. And so uh, my name is Nate Ortiz. Um, for some of you, this will be repeat, but I am the uh, district youth director, the network youth director here in Ohio. Uh, it's going to be going on five years this summer. I can't even believe it, um, but it's just a huge blessing and honor to do what I'm doing. Um, and youth ministry is my passion. I can tell you, uh, when I first came to ministry, there was, you know, I just didn't even know what it would look like. I, I didn't have any thoughts uh, when I was a young man that like, one day I'm gonna do ministry. Um, it happened when I was 19 year, years old and I was attending Youngstown State University. And I remember I was in this moment, my, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad worked at General Motors there in Lordstown. And, and uh, you know he had his minister's license, but just like that was, he worked midnight shift. He came home from work at midnight. He said, "Get up, son. We're going to like you know our whole family. Get up. We're going to church." And it's kind of hard to say, "Why do we gotta go to church? We just been up all through the night and we're going to church." So I was like, "Bless God!" And there we were. But um, I was super blessed uh, with the upbringing that I had. But um, when I was about 19 years old, I felt um, this like shift in my heart of, I think I'm called to ministry, and your youth ministry, and. It was unique because at that time I just didn't know what was out there like I was just trying to process life I, you know truly I know it's not trying to be more melodramatic than needed but I was just you know, I didn't know I was 19 I'm like do, do youth pastors get paid do they do they not do they have insurance I don't know why am I asking these questions am I getting old like they, they just spiraled from there um, <laughs> but here I am and um, I, I will say this about the season that I'm in. I feel like more than anything, I want you all to leave here encouraged um, from this session. Um, as we talk about the future of youth ministry, being a youth pastor today looks very different than it has than ever before. And I really mean that. And right, every, every ministry in the church finds a value in what they do, right? That's, you should. <laughs> but I feel like youth ministry is the most important. <laughs> Because here's, here's the reality of it. We, right, people who are in pulpits leading churches and you know, leading great organizations, they have been more than likely a product of a good youth ministry. You're probably gonna be hard pressed to find a lead pastor leading today who was like, I was never part of a youth ministry. I just showed up on the scene and I just knew the word and I was like, no, someone said, yeah, I was a part of a youth ministry. There was a youth pastor in my life or there was an adult leader in my life who mentored me and helped me grow. And more than ever, you know, Generation Z, we were talking about in our last session, they're in this space of they are needing mentors. They are needing people in their life to help encourage them and raise them up because more than ever, there is an attack on this generation, right? The family unit is a mess. Young people are a mess. There is no absolute truths, and they're trying to figure out life. And us in youth ministry, we are trying to help these students grow um, and what does this look like, okay? So I kind of have a history of youth ministry models and I'll say this, we'll have a time for Q&A at the end in regards to this. And so I always wanna 
always lead with the disclaimer, I don't believe there is a silver bullet to youth ministry. I was just talking to my friend Devin here, and I was saying, youth ministry looks different all over Ohio and all over the nation. Be proud of your youth ministry. You're doing an amazing, you, you know what, you're there. You're there with the students every Wednesday or every Sunday night. Be encouraged that you're, you're contending for the calling upon their life. We sometimes look at, you know, sometimes we were joking around saying, like, when you have, like, a, a small youth group and, and you're at a conference, like, you know, you need to do small groups. Like, we are a small group. Like, where do we go from there? Like, <laughs> you know? And, but there's a great honor and privilege in that spot because you get to create culture with these students and you can meet with them, right? You don't do youth ministry the same. Like, when you have a large group, you don't do it the same. It's not better or worse. You just don't do it the same when you have five kids in your youth ministry. Right? It's awkward to stand in front of them and say, come on, make some noise! And it's like, well, just, just the five of us here. Like, why, like, why are you screaming? We're right here. You don't, need a, you don't need a microphone. We good, right? And then you can go on the other side of you know, being a part of large youth ministries where I say this, sometimes you can get so good at ministering to the crowd, you don't know how to minister to one. You know how to lead altar calls, but you can't lead someone to Christ in a one-on-one conversation. And so... But, you know, in those large youth ministries, you also, it's great when you have, right, resources and people and energy is great, but then you also have to say, how do I disciple this many kids? There's challenges on both sides. And so I want you to leave this place encouraged. But um, as far as the history of youth ministry, okay, we're talking about the future youth ministry, but let's talk about the history of youth ministry. There was a season where things were traditional, right? We liked for tradition, where it was modeled after the adult service with some type of discipleship, right? You came to youth group, the whole family came. Mom, dad, you know, brother, sister, everyone got in the van, they got to the church. Didn't matter if you were sick, didn't matter if it was snowing, didn't matter if it was raining, it didn't matter. I'm sick, great, we're in church, we're gonna pray for you. Get in the van, like everyone went. That's just what it was. And you sat there. And then you had Sunday night services. Was there kids ministry? Nope. Was it youth? Nope. Everyone in the service, right? And the missionary would come and he'd hold up his slides and he would talk about stuff. And that's what happened on Sunday night. That's the church that, like, I remember the traditional model. And, and the students, they came and they had worship and all that kind of stuff. And then we kind of used, moved youth ministry into this space where it was event, very event driven. It's not a negative, it's just where the culture was. Where youth pastors, the, uh, the, the, the profile of a youth pastor was elevated in the church. Where, you, you know, it was kind of like the second hire at a church. Where it's like, man, we've got a great youth pastor. They're reaching the young people. We're doing great events. We're doing all this kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up, with, I was in youth ministry in that time. But I grew up, you could have a pizza party and a band that formed last night. And that place would be packed. Like, oh, there's pizza there and a band that we never heard of? Great, we're there. That's not the case now. I mean, you could bring Lecrae on a Wednesday night because it's like, hmm. You can be like, Connie, it's coming with Sunday service. Like, man, man, I'll check it out. I don't know, right? And you can be like, feel like you're doing the most for your students. And it's just like, that's just not the era, era we're in. You know, I talked about like, in the event era, that's when I was like, you know, even like youth pastoring a little bit. Like, I'm like, I want to date myself here for the millennials. You're with me. But like, I was like, we're giving away like an iPod Nano, right? It didn't have the screen. It was like the little square. It just had like the white button. That was it. And kids are like losing their mind over it. Now nah, you'd be like, we're giving away an iPad. Like, what generation is it? Because I don't want an old one. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, for, forget it. <laughs> Sit down. You're ungrateful that I sound old. You're ungrateful. Sit down. Back in my day, I'm like, oh, it's happening. Um, <laughs> but now we're in a season now where people want right community. 
community want this community this sense of like I belong to something this sense of like what is our bigger purpose here right social justice things are, are big with students now and it's it's in a place where people are focusing on relationships through topical preaching small groups gatherings outside of uh, out of services even the traditional Wednesday night service looks different where now we have youth groups that are meeting on Sunday mornings. We have youth groups that are like doing small groups and meeting once a month for a giant service. It looks vastly different in all of it. And so, uh, coupled with that, the youth pastor, let's talk about what it looked like for the youth pastor. Um, listen, in a recent study, this is true, in a recent study, uh, the Assemblies of God did, it says about 20, so in the Assemblies of God, there's uh, 13,000 churches, okay, in the Assemblies of God here in the U.S., only about 20% of them have a full-time youth pastor. 20%. So only 20% of our churches have a full-time youth pastor. And in that 20%, that's including like, you know, the full-time, like the bivocational, the part-time. And then even in that number, if you're a youth pastor today, you're wearing multiple hats. I'm doing worship, or I'm doing production, or I'm doing multimedia, or I'm doing pastor sermon slides, right? And especially... You know, if you're a youth pastor, it's like, hey, you're young. You know how to work a computer. It's like, what? Kind of. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll try. Um, and you kind of get grafted into these, you know, these things. And it's, it's a totally different day. Being a youth pastor today, like, you are working for it. Don't, listen, don't let, pe- don't let people tell you, you old youth pastors, like, man, back in the day, I used to pack it out. We used to do a lock-in and, you know, all those kind of things. It is a new day. The culture is changing rapidly all the time and we have as youth pastors youth ministers have to understand what is happening with the change of the times you talk about the older traditional people in the church right the struggle is the wineskin never wants to change right as pastor travis was talking about this morning right as tradition we've always done it this way you know it's been like that but the flip side of the coin for young people is they always wanted to change what does the bible really say this or should we should do this or i saw this or i saw this but that's where you as, as a leader have to understand what is God calling your youth ministry to? Your youth ministry may never be 100, 200, 300. Maybe your youth ministry, maybe your calling in a youth ministry is just to produce people that change the world. I'm going to get unspiritual here, but I'm a huge R&B fan. R&B is my jam, okay? And I'm really going to date myself at this point as well. But I'm a big... Uh, Kenny Edmonds fan. If anyone who's Kenny Edmonds, babyface, anybody? Okay, all right, thank you. All right, wonderful, good. Keep fire, come on. <laughs> so I was watching this interview. It was with Questlove. I'm sure many know Questlove. He's a drummer on uh, The Roots there, Jimmy Fallon. Um, but it was this interview with Questlove and, and Kenny Babyface Edmonds, okay? Um, the prophet himself, just kidding. Um, but I was listening to this interview, and Kenny Edmonds uh, has wrote many popular songs. So people that he's worked with, you would know. Right? Do you know Whitney Houston? Right? Do you know Mariah Carey? Do you know Beyonce? Do you know Bruno Mars? Do you know Ariana Grande? Do you know Fall Out Boy? Do you know Michael Jackson? Like so on and so on and so forth. He's worked with all of them, and obviously the, you know Ariana Grande. Those, those like are people now, and he's done forever. Right? The songs that he's written, you know, pe- people would know. And I won't sing them for you because then you won't know them. Um, he was doing this interview, and they, he, so he writes these songs, and, they, and Questlove asked him, he said, when you write these songs, how do you know when to keep it for yourself and versus when you give it to someone else? Right? This, stay with me here. Stay with me. He said, 
the song always gets preference. And so what does that mean? So he wrote the song, um, End of the Road. Many, maybe some of you guys know the song, like, you know, go to the end of the road. Boys and Men, popular song. He said, I wrote that song. He said, I knew it was a hit. I knew it. But I heard them, I heard Boys and Men sing it. And I knew I was born to write the song and they were born to sing it. And I thought to myself, this guy has written songs for many people and they've sung his songs. Now, you know, Babyface is getting paid, right? But the Lord spoke to me and says, we need less artists and more producers. We don't need people saying, well, I'm going to be on the mic and I'm going to lead this thing. But what if our role in youth ministry is say, I'm just producing people. I'm raising people up. We may be five people, but there's going to be someone. Or there may be ten people. There. We may be a hundred people, whatever it is. So my goal is not to say, hey, aren't I a great youth pastor? But I'm producing people that go in and change school systems. I'm raising and producing people through God's help who are changing their family. And we're not getting caught up in what is, what's on our screens and does the graphic look like this and does, does, is, the, is the music coming at the right point? Do we sound like this and do we have all these things? But who are we raising up? Isn't that what God has called us to do, to make disciples? That's where youth mission needs to be. Gen Z, this generation we're ministering to, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm going to read some stats here. I'm going to get into the future and kind of well, how for Jesus and what that looks like. And look for my, I think I left my bag in the other room. Oh, well, it's all good. Um, huh? uh, it was in the, the glass room in the learning center. Like, you know, that all glass room. I think I left it. Thank you, Scott. Um, Gen Z, it says um, only 9% are engaged Christians um, in Gen Z. I talked about this other stat. Only 34% believe lying is morally wrong. Three um, in 10 non-Christians, so non-Christian Gen Z teens, say the problem of evil is a barrier to faith. Only one in four among all Gen Z believe science and the Bible are uh, complementary. Three out of five Christians uh, don't think church is important, saying they find God elsewhere. About half of Gen Z is non-white. They're the most ethic ethically uh, ethnically and racially diverse generation in American history, and only one in five uh, want to get married before 30. That is Gen Z in a nutshell. So listen, this is what I want to talk about um, in this session, is in regards to the future of youth ministry. We have to help students understand their passion, find their purpose, then they will find their place. When I talk about finding their passion, we talked about in our, our last session just culture and creating conversations with students. We as youth pastors have to help students find their passion quicker and sooner. They are living in a generation now where anything is possible. Listen, we, talk, we were joking around in the last session, but there are people getting played millions to play video games. There are people who they, their job is to be on YouTube. And they see these things like, well, I can do that. And we're in church, and I mean this in the most loving way, but we're in church culture saying, hey, you know, maybe God's calling you to be a pastor. And we're like stuck on, like, maybe you're going to lead worship. Maybe you're going to be a kids pastor. But what if we begin to switch? Maybe you're going to be an entrepreneur. Right? Maybe God is going to use you in some different spaces that we're not even aware of. Right? Maybe God is calling us to look at the most dysfunctional students in our youth ministry 
right? The, the students that the principal calls you and says, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, man, John got in trouble in school that he broke into 15 cars and took some stuff out of the kids' cars, right? As a youth pastor, you have two options. You either come and say, man, how dare you, John? How dare you break into those cars? You know that's wrong. Or you say, John, that is a great entrepreneurial engineering mind you have, John. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. We, we are thankful for that gift God has given you. How can we turn this to be used towards God? This is our responsibility that we can find young people's passions and say, let's turn that towards God. Because if passion that's not pr properly turned in the right direction then becomes idolatry. It becomes identity. Well, I'm good at this. And you listen, we'll do this. We'll always put people's talents before their character if we're not careful. In, in, right, in, in the, the school setting or even in the, the, the church setting. In the school setting, maybe it looks like this. Man, people seem to like me because I could run a football better than anyone else in my school. My grades are terrible, but everyone seems like me running this football. I'm going to keep doing that. But no one's coming up to you know, this person saying, man, you're a great man of character. It's just, hey, keep scoring touchdowns. Thank you so much, Scott. In church culture, we can say, man, you're an amazing guitar player, and we need a guitar player to lead us on stage. Get up on there. But they could be living in deep sin, and you don't even realize it. But you have to pastor them. Find out what they're, what, what are you pastoring about? What, what makes you tick? Maybe social justice issues. And move them towards that passion in a godly way. And help them grow in that, that element. Because when they find their passion in a godly setting, then they will find their purpose. They will understand what that looks like. Because right now, if we just say, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church, and say, is this my, this is, you know, I'm not passionate about coming to church. And I don't know if my purpose is here. The purpose isn't in the church. The purpose is outside the church. If we are just having kids come to service and we're just saying, this is how you do it, and one day we're just going to do it. Do you know what is most impactful when you say, this is how we do it, and we're going to do it together? Do you know how impactful it is when you say you should be praying for people? And when you hang out with students, you start praying for people out in public. Because now purpose has left the building. Now it's in their space. Do you know how when you start breaking down walls when you're at a football game and you're hanging out with one of your students say, you know, hey, who's that person? They seem pretty popular. Oh, they're the most popular person in school. Great, I'm going to invite them to youth group tonight. What, what are you doing? I'm going to invite them. I don't care. Like my coolness died a long time ago. It was barely alive back then. So... <laughs> Here we are. Do it. Get into the world. Get into their space. And they say, listen, this is our purpose, not just to come to church, but to be the kingdom of God outside of it. This is what youth ministry is going to look like. Us helping identify the passions of students in our seats, in our youth ministry, saying, now we're going to walk out this purpose now. Not when you're older. Not when you finish you know, seminary school and we feel like you're more mature enough. But here it is. It's right here and it's right now. And when they find their purpose, then they will find their place. There's some people who never touch a microphone, but their call is going to be to come before a service and pray. There's going to be some who say, I hate talking in front of people, but I'll help you organize the, the trip that we're taking. 
great. Because the reality is there's sometimes students, I used to do it all the time, right? In the youth pastor world, you're just running errands all the time. My goodness, you know? It's like going to Sam's Club, buying a whole bunch of stuff. People giving you weird looks. Like, oh, why do you need, you know, 50 bags of, you know, toilet paper? Like, hey, it's not my business, okay? You know, we're doing something for youth. It's like, I would take students with me. I'm cleaning something at the church. I'd invite people with me. Sometimes people do better shoulder to shoulder than face to face. Because you're doing life with them. And you help them find their place. That's our goal. Our goal isn't to get them to come to youth group. Sometimes it's more about us. Especially now in this day and age. Right? How many kids, like sports, band. Like when did band become year-round? Like my goodness. Just <laughs> like I didn't even know it was like that. But here we are. So even in our youth ministry, we had a goal that we said, listen, we know not every student's going to be able to come every Wednesday night, but we need to know where they are. And we had, and we had a, a good-sized youth ministry, but we said we're failing if we're sitting in a youth group and we mention the student's name and we don't know where they are. Because they're not speaking, they're not valuable. We want to encourage students. You know, we'd ask the questions. You know, we, 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 like we'd, we'd do services, we call them reach nights, where we'd have someone come in to share their story, and now close it with the gospel, and we'd tell our, our students, listen, this night is not for you, it's for your friends. And we had to develop this culture. You need to be bringing someone. And I would set them up. I would say, how many of you guys love this youth ministry? Yeah. You, know, you know, hopefully, right? You know, <laughs> we hate it. Okay, this backfired, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Nate told me to do this. This went south, um, right? But so like, hey, how many of you guys love it here? It's like, yeah, it's great. Like, how many of your life has just been changed by something that's happened to this youth ministry? It's like, yeah, you know, like how many of you met the Lord here? You know, like your hands would go up, and then I would then just switch the gear. How many of you guys have friends, you know, who like don't know the Lord? And it's like more hands. Like, how many of you've ever invited them to come? And then it's like, uh, and then I end with. If your life has been so changed here through what God has done in your life, why wouldn't you invite someone? So that either means you believe it and you're a terrible friend or it really hasn't gone deep in you. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I had you know, some uh, folks around me that used to have some funny sayings. They used to say, like, you know, when it comes to God, like, you're either, you know, all in or you're all out. You know, you're not kind of pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. And when it comes to God, you're either all in or you're, you're not. And we would challenge our students. Invite someone to come. Be the purpose. When you leave this place, we didn't just say, hey, invite them to come out. What we'd do, we, we moved away from giving posters. That, hey, invite all your friends. We'd say, invite one. And we'd take the whole month. We'd give them a card, write their name on it. Give, them, give it to them at school. Now, I know it's like the digital age now. It's like a little hokey now to like walk up with the card like, here, I got you a card. Uh, <laughs> come to my church, please. <laughs> um, right? Um, but we would say, invite one person. So I, maybe you have football. Maybe you have band. Maybe you have theater. And it's like, oh, make the plans. But get them here. And we're going to pray for this person. So they fill out the card. We'd get the name. We'd pray over it. And we talk about how to share their faith with someone. And we do this once a quarter. Who are you inviting? Who are you bringing? 
and we'd, we'd give nice giveaways away, but it wasn't for our students. We already told them, you get one ticket, your friends get five. That's not fair. That's the kingdom, all right? By the way, <laughs> read, the, read, 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 read about the workers who came in the field, right? You know, it's like, but because we believed in it. And so with all that being said, here's what I truly believe the future of youth ministry is going to look like. I believe it's going to look like people saying, you know what, my role is to raise up disciples truly, not to just attract people to a Wednesday night or to a service. That's a horrible treadmill to be on. I've been on it. You do the big events. You do the big whatever, big services. And after a while, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I keep this thing going? Now the things that used to bring them in don't still bring them in. Now you have to be like, I'll light myself on fire. It's like, well, maybe I'll come. <laughs> like, I'll put it all out there. You know, it's like, you know, all those kind of things. But here's what I truly believe the youth ministry, youth, the, the, the direction of youth ministry is, and, and more specifically for like Ohio youth ministries. It's changing. Large youth ministries aren't as prevalent as they used once to, you know, they used to once be. You know, getting kids to come is very unique. If a youth pastor is honest, it's it's hard. But here's what I believe is going to be the success of youth ministry in the future. I believe that, and and this isn't just a a plug here, but with Ohio for Jesus. I believe, listen, we have, and you can get this off the website. I think it's something just good to have for you. But listen, we're talking about 25,000 new leaders, 300% mission in increase, 250,000 new disciples, and, and um, 1,000 church plants. Let's be honest, they're, they're looking, a, a lot of those, right, they're going to be youth pastors who are planting churches. They're going to be students who raise up to plant churches. And, and we're this part of, you know, seeing these new disciples come. And I believe in this Ohio for Jesus is going to help youth ministry and us to be connected on a greater level. So here's what I want to say. If you're a part of Ohio Youth Ministries, Ohio for Jesus is not going anywhere. This isn't something that is just some cool little graphic and like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we have a thousand churches? Wouldn't this be great? My heart's all in this thing. A hundred percent. And so I take this very serious, and I take youth ministry very serious. I'm not, I didn't come in here today just to kind of give some one, two, three, some magic, like here's how you do youth ministry. Because the reality is if people could do youth ministry so, you know, well, they could go to any church and they'd be doing it. Right? Who are the people that are doing it? What does it look like? And here's my answer to it. We're doing it there is going to be a greater level of connection that we are going to need to have in Ohio Youth Ministries that is going to be the success. Too many times we're trying to be in our churches, trying to, trying to raise up leaders, trying to do things, trying to create excitement, trying to get events going, all those kind of things. And really, there's a church literally 15 minutes down the road that you should be teaming up with. There's people down the road that you could be learning from. Your best resource in youth ministry will be relationships, 100%. If you don't have youth pastor friends in your life, Find them. Come to our events. Come to camp. Not be, listen, I, you can go to Winter Jam for cheaper. You can go to youth, uh, um, uh, a live festival. You can go to lots of different things. And I'm not against those things. Go to those things. But here's the bottom line. You won't get the relationship piece. 
you're not going to be able to help your students. So listen, I want to talk about these four drivers real quick. I want to move quick, and I want to even open up the floor for some questions, because I believe this is the future. So for leader development, this is what I believe for youth pastors. We've had something called Align that we've done. We're going to be launching something here in the fall that is going to be cohorts, where we're going to be online, and I want to be meeting with you to say, how can I help you? And, and we don't have to wait to the fall, right? We could do it now. But I'm saying we are, going to we are going to invest in leader development. I'm not just going to be just sending emails like, hey, like try this resource or try this resource. I want to have conversation. I want to talk, what's happening in your youth ministry? What do you need help with? Do you need stage design? Do you need, are you doing an event? You're having trouble planning it. Are you needing a, a worship team to come? You don't know anybody. Are you needing a speaker to come in? There, there's some great people in your area. Like, like, let's talk about youth ministry versus kind of like that stumbling and saying like, I hope this works or I saw someone else do it. I'm going to give it a try. I want you to be connected to other youth pastors in this room to say, you know what? Hey, you know, I know this youth pastor over here went through the same thing you're going through is trying to figure out, you know, whatever. Why don't you guys connect? You don't have to be everything, right? There's not, there's not, always there's not power in numbers, but there's power in agreement. If we can come together in youth and say, this is what we agree on, that this Generation Z needs help and we can do it together. But if we continue to feel like we can do it by ourselves, well, you know, this church, that, you know, this and, and, and all those reasons, they'll always be there. And the only real sufferers of it will be Gen Z. Leader development, we're going to be investing um, heavily into that. Where if you, listen, if you want me even to come out to your church and just say, hey, can you just help us? Can we just spend the day? Like that, yes. Or maybe there's other people I would like send your way to like help you. That would be a, a great fit. We're going to be launching just uh, having, you know, we're going to do something in Columbus where, you know, we're going to ask people to come down. I'm going to rent a house. Well, come, just spend some time praying with you, filling you up as a youth pastor. Listen, I know youth pastoring, sometimes your worth is sometimes in your doing, right? You're doing events, you're doing things, you're fixing this, you're doing that. And sometimes I just need someone to pour into me. It's like, pray for me. Not that your lead pastor doesn't care. I'm not, I'm not getting into that waters. But sometimes you need that person kind of understands. We're going to be launching... Um, those things at Reach Conference and all of our events, we're, we're going to be more intentional about connection. Not just coming and, and running through the event and like, oh, we made it, thank God, and you're just trying to shove food in kids' mouths and get them in and out of hands, and you're like, thank God no one broke anything, and you know, all that kind of stuff, and we made it. But we want you to come and feel like, you know what, that was, that was an, a trip, but I feel refreshed at the same time. Moving into church health, we want you guys to be healthy in ministry. Um, there's, there's so many things um, that, that as youth pastors today that we have to kind of say, like, what does, what does the health of my youth ministry look like? What does the health of my, like, me look like? And I want to be able to help in any way that I can um, with that. And I also think that health part comes when you're able to connect with other people. Um, I know I keep saying that, but I think it's, it's, it's really crucial. But um, the, the health of things, one thing we're going to be moving towards. I've done it in the Youngstown Warren area, and we kind of we started in the Dayton area. No matter what size church you are, 
it is a win when, you're, when your kids feel connected and they feel like they're in an exciting environment with people. Our calendars are full enough. There is like, it's hard to squeeze one more thing. I mean, let's be honest, I, you know, people come up to me and say, man, I know you're busy. I say, it's all relative. There's no one in the kingdom of God that's like, my calendar's wide open, I got nothing going on. I'm just sitting here, like just waiting. Just waiting for something to tap on my shoulder, right? It's like, you know, you're trying to plan something with someone and they're, you know, they're, they're flipping through months. They're like, well, let's see, you know, three months from now I got an opening, right? And there's things that we're all doing already. We're gonna start merging stuff together in our different areas, our 14 different areas. So in Youngstown, Warren, I met together with those youth pastors and I met in Dayton as well. We went through our whole youth calendar and church calendar. I said, okay, what are things that you do already? So if, I'll give you a real life example. One of them said, well, we do, um, uh, they said, you know, we, we do a, um, you know, uh, gathering kind of thing. Like, why don't we just open it up to everyone? I said, okay. So they decided, they said, you know what? We're not gonna do once a quarter, we're gonna do once a month, we're gonna meet. All the Youngstown Warren area churches come together for a service once a month. It's not one person preaching. Every, every time you know, they take like a different turn, someone preaching. I know there's some Youngstown Warren people in here. I've talked to other Youngstown Warren people that say it's been, tra- it's, it's been great that you can come and your students, maybe your church doesn't have worship, now they have worship. Maybe, they don't, maybe you know, they're tired of hearing you preach, right? That happens. They're not hearing another person. And they say, well, there's no other, you know, there's no other people in our youth ministry. These people literally live in our same city. And they're all right here pursuing God. And guess what? These people are going to be at Reach Conference. They're going to be at Fine Arts. They're going to be at camp. And isn't it great as a youth pastor, right? Every, every student has different reasons for being a part of things, right? I would like to think when I was youth pastoring, people were just at, in school on a Wednesday, just like, I can't wait to hear Pastor Nate preach tonight. Oh, the way he breaks down the word. It's like nothing else I've ever heard in my life. Get me out of school. No, but they're probably like, oh, I can't wait to go to church and I play some basketball and hang with my friends. I'm cool with that. Because you can get the word, you can get loved on. But imagine being a youth pastor standing in front of your youth group and saying, hey, we're going to reach conference. Like, yeah, I get to see my friend. Or imagine they're saying, hey, I didn't know this person was a Christian. They go to my school. I didn't even know. There's something that begins to happen there. We went through the counter, looked at everything, and I'm going to start going to all, and I kind of wanted to test study at first. I didn't want to be one of those guys, like, I got a great idea, and then it falls apart. So I did Youngstown, I did in Dayton. Right, <laughs> that's it. I was from Youngstown, like, there's grace here. So, but did there and did it in Dayton. Dayton, they just did a giant lock-in. They, they, it was one church's lock-in that they've always did, and then the other church said, well, we have a facility for it. Why don't you guys come to our spot? Like, great. And so they went, and it was this great event. And it was awesome. And it, it helped on cost. It helped on the experience. It helped on all of it. So maybe there's big stuff like, hey, we're going to do services uh, in our areas. But maybe it's even something small like, hey, we're going to Cedar Point. Why don't we all just go together? Right? There's benefits that come. You know, just, hey, you get the free, you know, we're talking like, you know, extra tickets, uh, the free tickets. We hit the certain group marks and all that kind of stuff. It's a win. Like your youth group is, is growing just like that. Instead of us just trying to facilitate things all on our own. When it comes to our big three events, so reach, fine arts, and camp. So many things I want to say. 
so I, like my, my brain is like moving a thousand miles a minute because I'm just so passionate about it. And I just like, I see it. I see it. We're not, we don't want, OIM doesn't want to be event driven. We're not saying come to our events because we, we think they're the greatest and come to our events because we, we just, you just have to. But we're saying, why don't you come to our events because they're not just going to be events, but they're going to be connections all the way through. I'm talking about Speed the Light and missions, and missions partnerships, but I want to focus on, you know, at Reach Conference, it's not just Reach Conference. What we're going to be encouraging students and youth pastors to do, we want to say, listen, we want to partner with you. So instead of just saying, we're just doing, um, you know, a Reach Conference on the, the state level, we're going to say, why don't you do a Reach Night in your community? Well, OYM is going to partner with you. You need giveaways? We'll, we'll, we'll pitch in for the giveaways. Do you need like help with some food for pizza for the kids? We'll, we'll help you. But the heart is going to be evangelism. The heart is going to be invite one of your friends to come out. We're going to have people come together. Maybe it's multiple youth ministries coming together. We're doing a reach diet. We're going to have SEU come do worship. Who led worship? I'll have, you need a rapper? I'll find you one. You need someone to come to me? I'll find you somebody. Not to cost you, know, not it's cost to you, but we, I believe in this thing. At Fine Arts, Fine Arts isn't a weekend. Say, oh, you came and it was this talent show and we're gone. No, no, no. The, the language for fine arts is going to be creative discipleship. As a youth pastor, you need to be finding the passion within your students. To say, I think you're a preacher. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it out of you. Right? Don't you need those people in your lives who look at you and you, they say, I see you preaching a thousand. You're like, please. But as a pastor, you call it out of them. And saying, this is why I could be a part of fine arts. Because you know what? Then we're going to say, when you go back home to your youth services, I believe, listen, we're going to continue to roll this out. Your students and your youth ministry, they should be leading service at least once a quarter. More producers. I will tell you, I will warn you ahead of time. Having students lead a service all by themselves, messy, hard. But it's worth it. You ever release a kid to preach and never preached before? They grab their piece of paper, like, um, I'd like to preach you out of John 15, and the Bible says that, uh, you know, we, like, he, you know he's, he's the branches, and like, I'm, 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 I'm right, and they're like going a million miles a minute, and the service, the service is over in two minutes. You're like, okay, well, uh, but help them. Say, hey, write your sermon out. Give it to me. Let's read it together. Right? You might say, okay, the theology on this is uh, terrible, and so let's walk through that, right, and, and help them put it together. Helping the worship team saying, hey, you're going to close up after worship, teach them how to pray. Some of, the, some of your students have never even prayed out loud. You're going to help them. You're going to say, listen, what do you want the youth ministry to look like? Here's your opportunity once a month, and I'm going to help you in it. What games do you want to do? Right? It takes the pressure off of you. So not to say, man, this youth ministry stinks. You created it. <laughs> well, not me. That was your game. But they have the sense of responsibility to it. They should be doing it once a quarter, and you should be helping them in that. You should guys be doing, ask your lead pastor to do a youth Sunday. I mean, make sure you're ready for it. Don't ask to do it and have, you know, be a train wreck. <laughs> you don't want kids, like, giving their testimony up there, cussing. Like, okay, sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> should have ended up before uh, we got up here. <laughs> but anyways, make sure you uh, give the, <laughs> the youth ministry. We're doing good stuff. I promise. <laughs> but ask for these things. Raise these students up. 
We're not just saying reach fine arts at camp, but it's going to be connected through at, at camp this year. Every student that comes forward has a call of God upon their life. We're not just saying, praise God, 80 students want to go into ministry. We're done. We're not doing that no more. We're saying we're getting everyone's information. Everyone's. And we're saying, what do you call to? I call to be a missionary. Great, we're connecting you to a missionary. I feel called to be an entrepreneur. Great, we're connecting you to a Christian entrepreneur. My calling is music. Great, we're connecting you to, and we're going to be launching this throughout the year. So it's not at camp, I just feel called. And then on top of that, we're going to be launching called weekends, where it is going to be at Heartland. We're landing on the dates. I'm working on it right now. Oh, how for Jesus. Listen, this is... This has been all-consuming in the best possible way ever. And I'm so excited. If you can't tell, I'll literally run through that door right now. <laughs> but we're going to be having called weekends. So not just saying, I feel called when we connect them to a, a mentor in their life. But then we're going to say, listen, we want to pour into you at the called weekends. We had Heartland's going to be free to a student to come. Because we believe in it. To say, listen, let's have people pour into you. Because we want to help students find their passion faster. When they say, I want to be a missionary, and they sit down with the missionary, like, oh, you have to do all that? Mm, no, I'm good. I'm going over here to worship. <laughs> or they might lean in and say, tell me more. My heart is compelled, and I can't shake it. That's where we want to be. We don't want students in our, in our, in our youth groups and saying, I don't see myself here. Where they say, I, 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 my heart is, my passion is this, but it's not here. We want to help students in that. Emissions partnerships. We talk about speed the light. I know I've got a couple minutes here. I'm so sorry. Speed the light. We had a session about it earlier today. Missions partnership. You know, missions partnership with speed light is our responsibility. We want to see students going on mission trips overseas and local. We want to expand kids' worldview. We want to put kids into action much sooner. We want to see kids given to Speed of Light because here's why. I can tell you, in, all, like, in this, Speed of Light is so important in being active in missions. We're going to be having opportunities. We're going to have overseas mission trips available. And we're also going to do something local as well where we're, we're presenting. We're going to be rolling this all out, but we're going to be having opportunities, three different options to be like go to Heartland, even serve at Heartland with some different tasks that they just need help with. But you can go and we have different options. You can do like just a one day, you can do a weekend, but it's an opportunity for you to connect with your students and get out. Right? It sounds noble to say, do a mission trip. I'm like, I don't a mission trip, I can't our kids can't spend twenty five hundred dollars on a mission trip. We just don't that's not where our church is. I understand that. I do. You're like twenty five hundred dollars, I can't even get these kids to, you know, but, you know, you know, they can't afford, you know, Skittles when we go on a trip. We want to provide opportunities for your students in that way. And we need each other all to do it. So my plea to you in this, in the future of youth ministry, let's help students find their passion, find their passion, find their purpose, find their place, and we have to do it together. The average span of a youth pastor is like two years. And in the, since I've been in this role of five years, I can tell you it's very true. And there's some people right there at the anomaly to it all. God bless you. But here's what I want to encourage you with. Then I'll open, I know we're pressed, but if you have any questions, but 
I'll answer them, but here's what I want to challenge you with. Being a part of OYM, here's why it's important. When you are not a part of these things, you are isolating your students onto an island and you are not helping them. Hear me. If you, no one knows how long they'll be in the youth ministry in their church. But if you say, well, we do our own camps because it's cheaper. I've done my own camps. So like this, I'm 100% tracking with this. Well, we're not going to do finance. We don't, we don't need to do this task. Or we're, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do this for X, Y, and Z. Here's what you're doing. You say, we don't give the speed of light. Now here's my question. What's your mission plans for your student? What is it? So if your student feel calls to be a missionary and you're not there, how are you going to help fund them? How are you going to help them get on the mission field? You're going to tell them to write friends and you write letters to their friends and family? No one's family is that big. No one has that many friends. But if they're a part of the network, do you know if you become Assemblies of God ministry, uh, missionary here in Ohio, that you have 280 churches that you can travel to, you can say, God called me at one of our camps, and I feel called to go to Cambodia. I feel called to go to Africa. I feel called to go wherever. And I say, we're going to support you. And that when they get overseas, young people in Ohio, they say, we got a vehicle waiting for you. That's, what, that's not what Nate Ortiz gives them. That's what OIM can give them. I feel pretty good about that. And that's not tied to me at all. When they are part of the network and they're a part of fine arts, do you know they can get scholarships to go to SU or other universities here? Someone's got universities. Do you know that when they're a part of camp, they might have an encounter with God that forever changes their life. But if they're not a part of it, do you know what happens? When you transition out, we have to hope a lot of things. We have to hope the church hires a new youth pastor. We have to hope that the youth pastor has the same level of skill or passion that you have for youth ministry. And that they get connected to something. That's a lot of hoping. It's a lot of hoping. But imagine your kids being attached to something bigger than yourself. And some of you are already attached to all these things that I'm mentioning. But I believe in the greater sense of unity is going to come even at our local level. And we're going to have to fight for unity. And I mean that. It's the greatest thing that we have in OYM. It's powerful. And I truly believe that's the future. That we're going to raise people up. We're going to send them out. We're going to be connected to each other on a greater sense at the local level. But it's not going to be fighting for sheep. But saying we're doing something together in our city, in our county on a greater level that has never been seen before. That is my heart and my passion. And I mean that with every fiber of my being. So if there's anything I can do to help you in your youth ministry, listen, from my lips to your ears, I know there's times it's you know, busy seasons, but I want to help resource you through relationships the best way I possibly can. Big or small questions you may have about youth ministry, I'm here for it. Or other people that I know that because there's great youth pastors and leaders all, all around. So I'm not saying I think I'm the source for everything. Please hear me. I'm definitely not. But I'd love to connect you with people, connect you with churches, to see God do his work here in Ohio. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, I, I have some books. I even get to uh, talk about them up here, but some great resources. If you want to look through them, take pictures on your phone. Uh, 
I really want to highlight this one. Good Kids, Big Events, Matching T-Shirts, Changing the Conversation on Health and Youth Ministry. Great book. If you're looking for some stuff, you can take pictures of those. But before I dismiss you guys, anyone have any questions about what I shared, what I talked about? That was a lot of information, a lot of passion. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really have a full functioning, a functioning yeah. ministry. Yeah. Bless God, yeah. Oh, we're preparing for it. Yeah. Yeah. Prepared away. Like, what are the things that we should be doing now to, to get ready for that? Yeah. Is there like a regular meeting of the youth ministry? We're in the YWAN section, so yeah. The five kids that we have in youth right now go to the monthly meeting. Yep, yep. There, and that's the only thing that we really have for youth right now. Yep. But we have a surge of kids that will be transitioning this fall from kids ministry to youth, and so we see like we'll triple our number in youth when they hit that age right. level. And so, like, we know that we have a need coming, but we're just not, sh- like, what can we do to prepare for that? Obviously, we have to find the right person and stuff, but, like, what, as yeah. a church, like, what can we do to prepare yeah. for that? Yeah, I, I think in youth ministry we're preparing for something. I always think pre- planning, like, in quarters is the best. I think we try doing a year, it gets kind of, like, overwhelming. But I think in, like, having students, like, think through what do you have the grace to do like for three months so it's like hey we're gonna try a weekly gathering you know maybe that's a good fit maybe it's not um but i would say you know in seeing this influx of kids um decide what you have the grace for until youth pastor comes so whether it's like you know we are going to do a sunday morning because we're we're there and the kids are there and and kind of have them connected versus hey we're gonna do a wednesday night even though our church doesn't have anything else on wednesday nights and parents aren't coming right the culture of the church all matters so i would say just trying to gather them on a consistent basis weekly would be like the first level and just have them build a relationship in but that's where you and leaders like connect connect you know connect people so it's like hey we're just doing something fun sometimes we want to get so much in the spiritual quickly because it's like oh, you want to you know if you want, want to keep the youth mature, get their heart first more than anything and like we were joking around in the last session sometimes it's hard to you know pull kids out a little bit um, but I would say that saying, hey, we're getting together on Sunday mornings, you know, every every Sunday or Wednesday nights or whenever that is. Um, just start there and then begin to slowly put different things in. So instead of just coming together playing games and like, hey, we're going to read a devotional for, you know, starting out and then we're going to get back to playing games or whatever. And then, you know, begin to expand it more and more and more uh, with that. So, uh, hi. Uh, we have a small, a few youth. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And it's an urban, we're an urban church. Uh-huh. And we had registered and everything. And then when we looked at the list, it was like real camping. Like outside, you needed a tent. You needed. Oh. And it was at the camp. Uh-huh, okay. And I'm thinking, we don't have any of this. We don't camp like that. <laughs> we, you, signed up for pow- you might have signed up for powwow. Yeah, I was thinking that. Maybe so. Yeah. But, I mean, they're interested in the summer camp, but we're not those type of campers. Listen. I understand. Yeah, I always say I'm a little too city for some of that, you know, uh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, if it is powwow, you know what your church is interested in, um, I'd probably I'd probably have to talk to you. what church. We're in, we're interested in summer camp. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but we're interested okay. In 
Okay, for sure. Well, like, so there's probably powwow and, and that, but then there's, um, like, OIM camp, which there's, um, well, combined camp is full, but, like, the um, fourth week. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about. Every time I can, I'm, like, sweating, sweating, sweating. Uh, but the... Yeah, so yeah, there's the, the fourth week of camp, um, high school camp, then we have our middle school camp, second week of July. And so um, if you, I can even get your information, or if you want to shoot, I can give you my email. If you want to shoot me an email, then we could have even better. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction, all kinds of stuff. But my email is N Ortiz, so N, then O R T I Z, yep. And then at Ohio Ministry.net. <laughs> So we planned our whole year's church like calendar and combined camp and then like my church went to do it the second week of January or something and we're like second on the wait list and I know you've opened up the high school but I can't do it that week because right. of the way we scheduled everything else. Right, right. So I'm like I have four kids I want to bring right. and we want to do it with our, our other sister campus, but yeah. they're probably going to come to the high school and we're going to be divided and that was a bummer. And so right. Like, oh. So, so yeah, so for give context to everyone in the room, so we're talking about combined camp, which combined camp the past two years have been like the hot ticket. Um, you know, just being honest, it like sold out like, like that. I mean, I've had conversations with different people in the room where like truly I think like people like who signed up, like total who signed up for it was like like 1,100 people like sign up for that camp. You yeah. support me. Like if we're, you've got probably multiple churches that they make their calendar before that based on like can we open things up, have more combined camps. Yes. Like plan that yeah. for years because this we'll try to figure out for the summer, but. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> this is probably the question I get the, the most and I take it very seriously because I'm going to be honest. So I don't, I, I, Right, we always take the approach like, oh, bless God, camps are sold out, right? Yay, right? But for someone's like, yeah, it's great, I'm not there, right? And so um, I totally, and I, I know your heart, you're not complaining or anything yeah, like that, yeah. but um, that's something we're looking at right now of what does this look like? You know, do we go to all three combined camps? Do we go to, you know, two combined camps, one middle school camp? Um, you know, people say, can you add another week of camp? And uh, I will. <laughs> Bless God. Somebody else. Right. If you, if you just see me walking around with a drip next energy, like oh, camps, right? Um, <laughs> uh, so we want to add another week of camp, um, just because um, you know when you start, you know when you start splitting out, it might kind of water down things a little, a little too much and just create a little more uh, chaos um, in regards to just. When you're at a, like a combined camp, you know, it's like you know, all of our camps are, even our high school and middle school, the numbers are really high for this time of year. So it's not like we've just seen transfer growth, like, oh, everyone left high school, middle school, they're just coming to combined. All of our numbers are up. And so now we're at the space now where, you know, we don't want to add another week of camp where it's like someone comes and it's like, oh, there's 250 people here, but it's not as exciting when there was, you know, 800 or you know what I mean all that kind of stuff so it is something we're currently talking about right now for next year of okay what does this really look like because I don't want youth pastors feeling like man like I was on it I was on the computer January 31st at midnight or you know, or, you know December 31st at midnight trying to register for camp and so um, we will have 
an answer. We don't have it right now. We're trying to process it all. Do you all, understand so. the reason why behind why combined camp is selling out? Yeah, I think it's just the era of youth ministry where there's not full-time people. Where some people are like, I'm by vocation, I only have one week of vacation. I can't, I can't take two weeks. You know, like I want to be there, but I just, I just can't. And that's a that's a lose for by vocational people where it's like, I'm here for one group, then not my other kids, and that doesn't feel good. So I think that's the, the main reason. Well, I think for our kids, they like we have such a small group. They don't want to go unless they can all go together. Right. And so combined camp meets that, like, they can all go together. For sure. For the kids' sake. Yeah. And so. I, like, I'm of that myself. I was a youth pastor. And I think this is part of, like, the cultural shift. Like, when uh, Tom Grote, who was my predecessor in this role, he launched combined camp. I, it was, like, maybe, like, 250 at the camp. Like, it was, like, even when I first came in. But now it is by far the most popular camp. And it's just, we're seeing that shift. And so I think there's obviously there's the people who also feel like, well, like, you know, and I understand it, right? It goes both ways. Of, I don't know if I want my sixth, I'm sorry, look at my back, you guys. Um, I, I don't want my sixth grader with a senior in high school. And so there's also some schedule things we'll need to tweak and change to everyone feel safe. At our camps, we don't do heavy topical things. Like, right, we're not going to be in a room, you know, at our with mixed yeah combined camp like all right we're talking about you know sex before marriage and sixth graders like what you know and it's like <laughs> we get a lot of emails after that like what are you doing telling my sixth grader like uh, you know so um we want to be able to communicate a larger broader picture versus just saying hey we're going to combine camps because then people who are high school like well, what does that mean for us or you know or if we went to all three combined camp for a middle school mom or dad to feel like well what does that mean? I, I like when my middle school is with middle schoolers. Now they're with everybody. So we'll have an answer, um, but it's definitely like very much at the top of my list of what that looks like moving forward. So no, thank you for asking. <laughs> there are questions? We're going along here, but yeah. Have you considered with the whole missions, you want to do, you said a inter, you know, national and an international, consider doing a um, Ohio Yeah, so I am I am considering that, and so I'll even just ask right now, who like who would be generally interested if there was like a OIM? Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> huh? Yeah, well, it could be in state or even like international. If it was like, hey, we took international. How many people interested in like international OIM sanction trip? And then how many people interested like even like local state side? Cool. Like if we're trying to reach Ohio. Yeah, and so so our our hopes even like on the like state side of things, the goal like. Right, I understand. I'm not trying to minimize missions. You know, I heard a quote one time I always say all, all the time, but you know, missions. And if you guys need to go, I don't want to hold anyone. If you got to go, so um, I won't take time with the questions here. But um, you know, missions isn't you know crossing seas, but seeing the cross and helping people see that. And so we want to provide statewide stuff because you know what I think would be awesome in my totally idealistic dad type of mind is I like, wouldn't it be great if a youth pastor said, "Hey, we're doing an outreach in our city. Can we have other youth ministries in Ohio come and help us out?" Hey, I saw your thing at Fine Arts. Or, hey, I heard your worship team. Can you come and help us out? Um, part of that is, in the state side, local, like if we're planning a thousand churches, we need youth ministries to help. We need youth ministries to say, hey, we'll come lead worship at your thing. You know? I love that the regional model. As you're going on, going regionally, mm -hmm. the idea of working together to get a regional mission thing and then telling all the other regions about it so they can come in and support. 
Yeah, and, and once again, like I know idealistically, like, th like these are big things we're talking about. But what it takes is people saying like, we're, we're gonna do it together, right? And how many times, right? Doing things together is, it's, right, there's always challenges and different things you have to work out, but when we're doing it together, you know, I believe there's greater impact um, that we can do. Where if we're seeing a thousand churches planted, imagine just, just saying, hey, we're gonna go help this church paint the walls or pass out flyers for their church plant. It's not our church, but it's theirs, and we're just gonna serve. Um, I mean, how powerful could that be? Um, just on lots of different levels, and it's, it's, you know, low cost and all those kind of things, which is great. Then also have the bigger ones, say, hey, we're going overseas, we're going to El Salvador. We're taking an OYM trip. Let's all go together. I mean, how cool would that be to pack out a plan, a plane with uh, OYM people? Um, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be that'd be sweet. So awesome. So yeah. So that's in the plans. Any other questions? Let me, well, let me ask this follow-up question to that. If we were to take now, keep in mind if we're talking about Reach Conference and Fine Arts and Camp and Synergy, what month or like? would be like most favorable for a missions trip, right? If we're, I know it's, I know it's like a hard, well, because well, I say that like if you go to camp, if you're like, well, we got camp, and then we're going to National Fine Arts, and you're trying to put a missions trip, probably, like. Probably August, right before they go back to school, you know, camp's done, you got that feel, you got a couple week break, and then August would probably be the best month, right, guys? Because I know that activity is starting. Yeah. yeah. August 1st, maybe. Maybe, maybe December, January, their yeah. break or something. Yeah. Any yeah, thoughts? Well, maybe it's even one of those, like, we say, like, hey, at least, like, a every other year type of thing. Yeah. Not that you can't do a mystery, but even if we just started there to say, just so people could plan. So you're not like, oh, gosh, like, we really have to ramp ourselves up. But at least you can say, okay, hey, we know that, ne you know, whether it's like let's say you know 2021 we're taking this mission trip we have time to mentally gear up towards that and not feeling like it's always upon us and we're always in fundraising mode so anyways uh, any other questions anyone we're good cool hey thank you guys so much appreciate you